Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, ESG and climate investing were thrust into new spotlights in 2022. Global regulators introduced rules and proposals to reduce greenwashing in the fund industry, in addition to introducing requirements for financial institutions to conduct climate stress tests. To recap the year that was and what we can expect in 2023 when it comes to ESG investing, and eco-money. We're joined now by Miranda Carr, who is Head of Applied ESG and Climate Research at MSCI. Miranda, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's great to be joining you. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So first, I'd like to ask you, of course, ESG has now become front and centre over the last two years. We've really seen it gain prominence, especially from an investor's perspective, as a lot of people have looked to, I guess, build back better post-pandemic and also looked for the positive and how they can make a difference and put or perhaps combine profits with purpose during the pandemic as well. But the question I'd like to ask you is, how would you define 2020? when it comes to ESG? Well, yes, you're quite right. Sustainability and ESG have become front and centre for many investors, many companies, risen up the agenda and is getting a lot more prominence from both regulators, the sort of governments and also companies themselves. But the last year, 2022, has been you've seen so much change you've the energy crisis and what that means for the whole um, sort of energy supply and the and the climate change and the road to road to net zero you've seen rising living costs which have really sort of hit both sort of workforces and living standards then you've got the the war in europe and also allied with that you've seen sort of big question marks around exactly what is esg um, with concerns around greenwashing and some of the politicization of some of these issues, particularly um, you know, coming from the US. So although that's raised sort of many questions about a lot of the big ESG and sustainability trends, mm-hmm. we are still seeing a sort of very, very, you know, there is a shift in awareness, there is a shift in adoption, and a lot of these issues are becoming a lot more um, important for investors over the long term. And along with that adoption, I mean, there have been some challenges, especially when it comes to understanding the regulation and the governance for ESG. And you highlighted greenwashing there. And that's still a key concern, isn't it? Well, yes, because it's both uh, the concern is both for companies Mm. greenwashing and sort of, you know, making grand claims about their environmental status that don't really stack up when you when you sort of look at at the detail. And also, it's it's things like the investment fund. So if people think mm. that they are investing in a in a green fund, they want to know that it's actually genuinely helping the environment and not just uh, not just greenwashing. But it's interesting. So in Singapore, there's been quite a few measures to address these. So you've got new regulations around the investment funds themselves. You can't just call yourself an ESG fund unless you've got some genuine data to back that up. Um, you're also seeing sort of the company reporting has got to be that increased and they've got to basically disclose much more things about their carbon emissions and their things like their water use etc so you're getting more information from the companies themselves and next year we're actually going to see the launch of the much more details on the Singapore taxonomy and it might sound a slightly boring concept but this is what defines what's green what could be green and what's definitely not green and that's a big 
big, um, I mean, it's a big debate that everyone is having, but that's being sort of led and that we'll see that being introduced in Singapore next year. And that's it, isn't it? I mean, we've really seen this broadening of terms when it comes to ESG and sustainability investing um, under each of the pillars, under the E, the S and the G as well. And even when it comes to products, we've got green products, brown products, blue products, when you're looking at climate related funds and bonds. From your perspective, though, how do you find how do you define ESG? Well, the main issue between, I think mm. the main challenge that people have in understanding ESG is there's two very different ways of looking at it. Because you can either look at the, a lot of the environmental, social and governance and how that affects the company. So if the company is going to be affected by maybe sort of climate change and flooding, or if it's going to be you know, risk of labor unrest, or if there's sort of bad governance. So you're basically looking at the risk for each company and how many of these ESG factors are going to sort of maybe affect company performance and, you know, obviously returns over the long term. But the other way of looking at it is looking at what the company is actually having an effect on the external environment. So is the company actually um, causing damage? You know, is it high carbon emissions? Is it releasing toxic waste? Is it being, um, you know, is it mistreating its workforce? Mm -hmm. So that's about when you're looking at what the company's doing externally. And I think particularly on climate change, there's a lot more focus on not just the risk to the company itself, but actually how the company is managing that external impact it's having. And that's where a lot of the debate is now and how to sort of assess that, how to measure that, how to invest in that is the big, big question mark we're currently dealing with. So what are some of the key trends then that you've noticed when it comes to ESG for 2022, if you had to name three? Ah, well, we've got um, the three big ones are really climate change, as you'd expect, and sort of the decarbonisation, how you can get this sort of energy transition, particularly for Asia. And it's a big challenge in Singapore, sort of how to get away from the, the high carbon emissions into the cleaner technologies, as a, both in terms of energy efficiency, but also sort of switching to, switching to natural gas and investing in the renewable technologies. So that's, if that's going to continue. That's a long-term trend. But the one that's rising up the agenda for both companies and investors is the biodiversity. So we just had the COP15 meeting finally in, in Montreal. And there's a, quite a few issues that are really, really important for, um, particularly for the sort of ASEAN region, things like deforestation, preserving the biodiversity, which is, you know, incredibly rich here. But, you know, are you going to invest in farms or are you going to um, invest in forests? So there's a big debate around sort of how you actually measure that, how you invest in that and whether you can. I mean, there's even people suggesting you can get like biodiversity credits. So you've actually got credit and you know, monetary value for preserving biodiversity, which would be a, a big change. Um, and I think the final one that you know, sort of third trend would be um, mm -hmm. on the regulatory side. I mean, again, might sound slightly boring, but this is what's going to help, you know, put a framework, Push things put, forward. Put, put criteria behind it so you don't get this kind of just the greenwashing that we talked about before and actually mm -hmm. get some sort of, you know, hard numbers, hard evidence behind a lot of the a lot of the sort of things like the climate change and biodiversity. And that's that that all has to be regulated and it you know, can't just be left. And so, Miranda, how do you see this all flowing into the year ahead? What are some of the key trends that you're looking out for in 2023? 
Well, we just published our big sort of 2023 trends to watch on a global basis. And a lot of the trends, things like the switch to renewables, switch to investment in nuclear, um, and also things like the carbon emissions from, you know, banks financing um, carbon emissions. These are all trends that are going to continue over the long term. But I think there's sort of quite, there's a few interesting new ones cropping up, um, particularly at around the biodiversity natural capital which people may not sort of be thinking about and so the 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 biodiversity and the deforestation you've now got new regulation where the eu is saying okay we don't want any to import any products that have um can be traced to deforestation so this puts a lot of pressure on manufacturers particularly in this region that they have to show that they're deforestation free that's quite a big uh, a big request from the from the sort of EU regulation but on the more positive side you're also seeing quite a bit of innovation and investment and particularly in Singapore because things like um, where people are investing in instead of the sort of high energy intensive or sort of natural capital intensive um, materials like um, like cotton, thing, investing in alternative textiles, and also lab-grown textiles. We've already seen lab-grown meat, but what you can actually do in terms of growing some of these sort of alternative, um, alternative textiles, alternative materials in a lab rather than in a field is, is, is where a lot of investment's going. And you're also seeing sort of the circular economy. And so, um, you know, if you think how much we chuck, or chuck out in terms of electronic waste, mm. actually getting hold of that and, and, and recycling a lot of that. So the, the circular economy, particularly with e-waste, is another thing which is a, was a big focus in Singapore and the sort of broader region where you're seeing investment going into things, so preserving natural capital, looking for new solutions. And that's where a lot of the innovation's happening. Okay, well, Miranda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for the invitation. Very good to speak to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.